Welcome to Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. You notice <clears throat> we have moved our live streaming back uh, from 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday to 6.30 p.m. And we were not having enough time to go between our normal podcast time of 5 to 6 and then back to back with the 6 to 7 with the live stream. So it'll be better. Hopefully we'll be able to give you better content and not be rushed under the gun, so to speak. Well, in this podcast today, we're going to be talking about the seven horns that prayed the earth and the seven carpenters that will rebuild it. And we know that Jesus was a carpenter. And all of these things has spiritual significance to us, even in the Old Testament seasons, which for uh, us are these times and seasons that will be a shadow of things to come, letting us know not maybe the day of the hour, but certainly the season of his coming. These seasons are the divine appointments of God with man, called the Moed. Those are the feasts of the Lord. And there's seven of them there. Now we see in Revelation 7 that there are four winds that strove upon the great sea. <clears throat> and these on the four corners of the earth. And they're going to hurt the earth, the sea, and the trees. But before they're allowed to do that, then the servants of God are sealed in their foreheads. Now we'll see in Eden, which means delight or pleasure, in the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> and of course, man was made to till the soil and to keep the garden, to keep the garden of God. Howbeit, he was told not to eat of the tree of knowledge, that in the day that he ate thereof, he would surely die. Now, this was told Adam before Eve, or Adam, as his name, or both names were called, before the fall. This was told Adam before their bread was taken out of his side and called one man, and they were both called Adam because they were one flesh. The woman is of the man just like the church is of Christ, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, and birthed on the cross uh, by Jesus' side with long and a spear, pierced Jesus' side, forthwith there came blood and water, of which we, the church, are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, birthed of Jesus in the spiritual sense, and we are the body of the Christ now. Now that is a revelation there that we'll get into today. And we'll see that Jesus is the head and we are the body of the Christ. <clears throat> when we speak of Adam having a rib taken out of his side, before the flood, before the fall of man, it was brought to Adam to see what he would call all the creatures of God that were created by God, but he had gave Adam the dominion. <clears throat> we see it in Hebrews 2. What is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou regardest him, thou madest him a little lower. Then the angels crowned him with glory and honor, set him over the works of thy hands. But now we see not all things under him. <clears throat> there man had dominion. And that's the primary reason we're going to see that when God gave Adam the dominion over 
the creation over the work of his hands, that he did not take that back. Now, and that's the reason why when you see in every particular instance that God is going to do something in the earth, he will look for a man to agree with him. Matter of fact, even in the Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right there, we're selling, we're saying to the Lord that your will be done, not ours, but yours. And by doing so, it's as if we say the Lord will. We will do this or that if the Lord will. Everything uh, subject unto the Lord our God. Everything that we do in uh, our lives. Well, there we have Adam and all uh, of the creation is brought before him to name them whatsoever he would call them. And Adam named them, and that gave them the basic characteristics of the name of whatever creature or animal it was. <clears throat> whatever Adam named them, that's what their name was. Why? Well, because God had given Adam the dominion, and that is over the domain of God. And But there was not found a helpmeet for Adam. God said it's not good for a man to be alone. Now, this gives us insight into the Lord Jesus himself. It's not good for man to be alone, and that man, in the supreme sense, is God. We see that in John 3.13. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And Jesus standing there right before his disciples. And said he was the man from heaven. Not a man encased in a human body, a humus man, human, but nonetheless man. And he is a man of war. Now many will say, <clears throat> denying the only Lord God, that God is not a man, and stop right there. And said God is not a man. Well, God is a man in reference to God as a man, even by the Lord Jesus himself. In John 8, if you'll reference that chapter, the Pharisees that came to Jesus said, said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Now, notice Jesus refers to his father, the spirit of God that he is as a man. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I am not alone. And he says, I am my father that sent me. Then he clarifies it, that it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. We have that testimony. <clears throat> That's the testimony of Jesus in Revelation 19.10. That gives us great insight into the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show us, his servants, things which must shortly come to pass. Sentence signified it. That's the sign. That's the wonder. That is the aloft through the top of the signification, which is Zerubbabel. You are my signet. And I got too. So the whole book of the Revelation will be that revealing of Jesus as the Father of glory, the man from heaven. 
They said, you bear record of yourself, Jesus, your record's not true. But Jesus turns it to testimony. He said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. There's one of the witnesses. There in the days of his flesh. And my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. So we believe on him whom he has sent. Because if we believe on him, we believe on him who he has sent. Therefore, he that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. <clears throat> but he that speaketh of him that sent him, there's no unrighteousness in him. So we're speaking of the word of God manifest. God manifest. That man manifest in flesh. That is that spirit, Jesus Christ, that has been before of old from everlasting, the God of glory. He is the creator. Not only the created, that is a body of flesh and blood and a servant, a flesh of man, of just our kinsman redeemer, just like us, that he was chosen of God. And we see that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the invisible spirit of God and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, it's the Lord God Almighty manifest in flesh. And why was he chosen? Because the man is made under the law. And being made under the law, he could be tempted. God can't be tempted. Therefore, he makes himself of no reputation. But he does not cease and desist from being God. <clears throat> He's always been God. He's always been the Father of glory and always will be. But we have denied the only Lord God through these certain men that have crept in unawares that were foreordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness, unlawful affections, unnatural affections. And that grace reigns through righteousness, and that's the work of God himself. Not of any of things that we've done, not of works of the law, lest any man should boast, but the righteousness of God by faith. And that righteousness is what God did. God himself was manifest in the flesh. That's the mystery of the God life, the godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16 Well, we're going to see that there will be a restitution of things, a restoration of all things of faith. As Jude tells us in his epistle, <clears throat> we are to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What was that faith? Well, there's only one Lord God, not a trinity, not a binary, not a two-ness, not a oneness, where the man's not God, but God's in him. And they say, well, God is not a man. And stop there. No, it tells us what kind of a man he's not. God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should repent. It tells us what kind of man that God is not. It does say that God is a man of war. He is our God of battles, he is the one that fights our battles. <clears throat> he is a man of war. That man came down from heaven. 
John 3.13. That man is that spirit, Jesus Christ. He is uh, the spirit of God, the father of glory that was born in the city of David, Christ, the spirit of God, who is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. So that makes him Emmanuel, God with us. According to Isaiah 7.14, Ahaz, I'll give you a sign. A woman shall conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Who is this? Well, unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government shall rest upon his shoulder. His name shall be called, and the name is the essence and the intrinsic essence of who he is. He is wonderful. Capital W. Used only of God himself. Full of wonder. Counselor. The mighty God. Not the mighty son of God. The mighty God. The everlasting father. The son of God is the everlasting father revealed. They're not two. They're not separate. Even though. In the days of his flesh. The man Christ Jesus is made under the law. As a seed of a woman. That first proto-evangel that Christ will suffer, and they will be bruised, and he will bruise his head. Satan will bruise his head, bruise his heel, and thou, the Lord, will bruise his head, crush his head. But Jesus will have his heel bruised. And that is when he crushes Satan's head, his heel will be bruised. He did that on the cross. That's the first proto-evangel, of the Messiah, the Hamashiach, in Genesis 3.15. But then we're given insight. In Genesis 3.24, he sat at the east end of the Garden of God. Now, in the east, always, in the east wind, and eastward in the Word of God, always refers to the work of the Holy Ghost. It has a gematria of 144. That is, in the Greek, R-M-D, and the English equivalent, R-100-M-40-D, for thousand perfected glory sealed. He did not write 144,000 written out in the Greek. He wrote in the Greek letters, the RMD, that's the English equivalent of the Greek ABC theory. 144, there are 100 M440D4, 1,000 is perfected glory. We see that in Song 8 in the Canticles of Solomon. In Song 8, it says, Solomon, you have the vineyard. In Baal Haman, possessor of a multitude. All the keepers of the vineyard are 200. 200 for the apostle, 200 for the prophet, 200 for the evangelist, 200 for the pastor, 200 for the teacher, thus yielding a thousand. Thousand is perfected glory. And Solomon, you must have a thousand perfected glory. 
That's the reason why, after the fall, man could never reach a thousand, as we will, and the nation Israel will do. And we, as the body of Christ, reigning and ruling with Christ, through our mercy, that Israel will obtain that mercy. And they will live 1,000 years. That's the millennial. What Adam lost will be restored. Everything that was lost in Eden in delight and pleasure for God's glory will be restored and in the regeneration and a regeneration of a thousand years. And that is why that Adam lived only 930 years, 70 short. Methuselah, which was born of Enoch, In Genesis 5, we see that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, was 65 years old. And at 65, he begat Methuselah. After he dies, it shall be seen. We're talking the flood. We're talking about a new beginning. We're talking about the new heaven and the new earth as a type and shadow. And after he begat Methuselah, he lived another 300 years and pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. A total of 365 years were all the years of Enoch. A full solar year. There, and God took him and he was not. The not is an ain. You look up that not in the Hebrew. It is Ain, A-I-Y-M. It's the 16th letter of the Hebrew ABCDary. And it is the I, the fountain of an eye. It's the eye to the spirit. If thine eye be single, thy whole body's full of light. But if thine eye be darkness, how great is that darkness? Well, Enoch, which was the seventh from Adam, there lived 365 years. Well, the total years of Enoch. Methuselah, after he dies, it shall be seen, 969. And we see that after that, we have Noah, the tenth from Adam. He will find grace in the sight of the Lord and was perfect in his generation. Noah, a rest, and we'll have a flood. And that will separate the righteous from the wicked, of which eight souls will be saved by water. The like figure, baptism doth already also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but our answer for good conscience toward God. But it'll be far greater there, not with water, but it'll be with fire in these last days. For God is a consuming fire. He will do that last great work. The great wonder of God, the great work. revealing his judgments, his power, his glory, his dignity, his honor. And when he does, all will know him from the least to the greatest. Whenever we see judgments of God in the earth, men will learn righteousness. But the people of God, as stated by the prophet Jeremiah, does not know judgment. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. But most believe that when judgment hits them, that it's the devil 
somehow or other, that they're warring against, rather than their own flesh. Not that there's not real devils, of course there is. And they are seducing spirits and doctrines of these devils. But when God uses a rod and a staff, they beat us out that we will not be condemned with the world. Many times we attribute that to Satan and not considering the things of God. God chastens all that he loves. If any man be without chastisement, of which all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. And we will understand that here in the rod and the staff in the book of the Revelation. That will be a time that break cornice bruise. He'll beat out the coming and the appointed barley with a rod and a staff. Not with the wrath of God. Now, we're not appointed to the wrath of God. He will not allow the wheel of his cart or his horseman to literally destroy the appointed barley and the wheat, which we are in the harvest of God. This is wonderful in counsel, excellent in working. God uses a staff and a rod for us to be chastened that we will not be condemned with the world to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. He does that through judgment. But there, the judgment of uh, the wicked. Well, if judgment must must first begin at the house of God and the righteous scarcely be saved, that is, with trouble, with persecution, then where shall the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear? If he does that to us in the body of Christ, called by his name, then where will the end of that sinner appear? The ungodly, the unholy. Well, we know the answer to that. Hell was made, prepared for the devil and his angels. If anyone goes there in a human being, he goes there as a trespasser. God was not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and the love of God because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God turned them over to a reprobate mind, doing those things which are unseemly, that not only do these things that are damnable, but pleasure, but have pleasure in these things that do them, whose damnation is just. They will be convicted of all and convinced of all their ungodly deeds which they've ungodly committed. When the Lord God Almighty comes, revealing his glory. And that is through judgments. So they're going to be four winds. The four winds that are going to strive upon the great sea. We see there in Daniel. <clears throat> You'll see there, there's four winds. Look at Daniel 7. And it says in Daniel 7, verse 2, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night. Now that is so important to seal up the vision and the prophecy. And this is a night vision. Why? Because it's in the night that the man child is born. The Christ in you coming out into full manifestation as living epistles 
revealing Jesus to the world before the great and terrible day of the Lord God. And it says, And behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. See, multitudes, kindreds, nations, and tongues. And we see when this is going to happen. That is, is a necessity. Essential. A necessity. It's critical for the body of Christ to be sealed in their foreheads. Have the mind of Christ. And that is only through the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Well, that sealing is that after you have received the word of God, then you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. There's more than one sealing. There is going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. There's one that is an engraving of an engraver according to the birth, Exodus 28, which is a type and shadow of things to come. And what is that? That's according to the birth. When you're first born, there's an engraving of an engraver, and on the, the shoulders of the high priest of the onyx stones, you have six tribes written on one shoulder and six tribes written upon the other shoulder of the onyx stone, carried upon the shoulders of the high priest <clears throat> that were bore up upon Jesus' shoulders, born up on the eagle's wings. Walk and not be worried, run and not faint. That is according to the birth. That's the first engraving of an engraver. But you don't stop there. Now, there's no respecter of persons. All of the 12 tribes, which are now spoken of the church and uh, the spiritual Israel, there's no respecter of persons. That onyx stone means to blanch and to make white. And the body of Christ, according to birth, there's no respecter of persons. But then you go on for your calling, your individual purpose for life. Then God has given you the measure of faith to do his will. Various ministrations, various ministries, but one spirit. So the eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. God has placed the more abundant honor on the less comely parts of there be no chism or division in the body. Well, now there's diversity. And you'll see that again in Exodus 28. Now, according to the tribes, according to the will of God in each one, and there will be different stones on the breastplate of judgment. <clears throat> Starts with Judah. Goes to Issachar, Zebulun, according to the tribes. And there will be four rows there, three in each row of number of 12 tribes. And each of these tribes will face a different direction in four four directions. They will be coming against the four winds. There are four horns that have frayed the earth. We see that in Zechariah in the first chapter. You'll see that Zechariah, which means Yah, God has remembered. You'll see that that God said, I'm going to build 
my house again. Building the house of David, the church of the living God coming in the body of Christ through the Christ in them, the hope of glory, receiving the Holy Ghost. That's the reason they had the James, the pastor at Jerusalem, about whether or not that these Gentiles had to be circumcised in order to be saved. Because certain Jews had come in there and said, except these Gentiles be circumcised, there as a natural Jew, they cannot be saved. And this had went into the church there of Galatia. And they were teaching that it was essential for them to be circumcised in the flesh in order to have salvation. Well, taking the law of Moses under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, not understanding that we're talking about the spiritual circumcision of the heart and the spirit in obedience to the commandments of God in the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now those that have the Holy Ghost and, and know to do good and do it not, to them it's sin. Well, it's higher and it's straighter the gate than just Moses' law, because we have the power of God to overcome the devil, the world, and our own flesh unto perfection. Well, at Antioch, there we are. Should they be circumcised or not? Well, they have a meeting in Jerusalem because that's where that this was perpetrated, that you had to be circumcised in order to be saved if you're a Gentile. <clears throat> well, first one takes the pulpit, there and addresses the congregation as Peter. He talks about the house of Cornelius by his hand, etc. Then Paul, an apostle of the Gentiles, and then James and the whole church agree there about that they would put no other yoke upon the body of Christ and then said that circumcision availeth nothing and uncircumcision availeth nothing only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice, James said that it was said that they would build again the house of David. Well, that's still being built because that is Jesus in coming in the, a body of flesh and blood as the seed of David. <clears throat> now, those that are called for this last day work of God or the seed of Abraham or the seed of David and will be that Christ generation that will be counted for the seed. You see that in Matthew 1. And in that, you're going to see there's 42 generations. From Abraham to David, 14 generations. David to the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations. That's where we are now. Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth, there has made all the nations drunk with the wine of her fornication <clears throat> in a false doctrines of the devils. They're drunk with the wine of her fornication, making all the nations drunk. But God's returning uh, us, the true believers in God, to the faith that was once delivered to the saints, and we will know the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude says we're to earnestly contend for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. That these ones had crept in unawares, denying the only Lord God. 
<clears throat> and our Lord Jesus Christ. They're the ones that turn the grace into lasciviousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. And that is God, God did himself. God himself was manifest in the flesh. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father, was revealed in flesh. And death, burial, and resurrection, he went back to the glory of the Father. That's the revelation of Jesus. And that is exactly what the Lord will, be, will reveal in his judgments, in seals, trumpets, and vials in the last days, so that all will know him, the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. And it'll be a strange work. Judgment to the line, righteousness to the, righteousness to the plummet, to reveal the height, depth, length, and width of Christ, that he is God. He is the Father of glory, not a trinity, not a binary, not a oneness, but Jesus only. Everyone and most all preach this God-man doctrine that is predominant and prevalent in the Protestant churches, which is a lie. It has turned the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness. It denies the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. And God is restoring that. And he will do it through judgment. Now, those that will be raised up to do that will ones that come unto full grown, full maturity, full perfection. So during this time, <clears throat> in the third day, he's given some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work of the ministry. It's after we have come unto perfection, full maturity, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And those will be the ones that will in full grown Zoe, the living creatures, the cherubim, the four beasts before the throne of God that will proclaim this everlasting gospel. We're going to see that there's four heads to the river coming out of Eden. And the first one will be Pison, refers to the man. Then God's crowning uh, accomplishment in his creation, man, the epoch. And that river turned and was parted and went into four heads. The first head, Pison. It speaks of a man and the will of man that he has in his volition that we must do hunger and thirst after righteousness because out of our belly shall flow rivers of living waters, but it has four heads. And each one must be achieved and obtained through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Our will has to be subject unto Jesus. And we have to obey it unto righteousness. But then there is uh, that next Gahan. Now in that Gahan, there we see in Genesis, and you can look at that. It speaks of the calf. And we find in the living creatures in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, it has a calf's foot. And the calf is burnished brass. And it speaks of uh, that the Lord Jesus, through his word, will go, it will grow from a calf all the way to an ox, from a man child to a full grown man. <clears throat> But the ox is a suffering servant. It is the servants of God 
only that will be sealed in their forehead. These are the ones that have attained to perfection through the leading of the Holy Ghost unto perfection. You don't hear that preached. But nowadays, it's the truth. Howbeit, the Holy Ghost right now is leading the body of Christ that have this aim, this I that is single on him alone to this revelation truth of Jesus. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that second river is Gahan. Now that first river that you see, and that is uh, Pison, and you're going to see that it compasses, and that is it that is the circle or encompass, and that Galilee Galid means to make full circle. Havila. And that Havila is uh, uh, to select and it severs one from the other in what you do in your will. That's the first thing that river does, which is a head, and it speaks of the rivers that flow in your in and out of your belly. And that's Pison. Then you go and notice that the land of Havilah, and then it says where there is gold. Then gold always, when you do the will of God, will bring forth uh, the purest gold. And we go through that, and faith is given to us, but then we have to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost for that faith without works is dead. Well, then that faith will be tried always. Your faith, when you see Revelation, you see the Word of God, and that is the lightning. But then you hear the thunder. That's the hearing and understanding of the Word. But then it's going to be tried. <clears throat> kind of a joy when you fall into the diverse temptation. Why? Because your faith, though it be tried as by fire, will come forth as pure gold. Well, that's Pison. That speaks of that circle, the Havila, that circuit that we all in that leading of the Holy Ghost will go through this circuit and then we go from birth to the will of God. We go through that and it goes from faith to faith, from glory to glory and from Pison. Then it goes that circuit to where there's gold, the glory of God. Then we go to the next of Gahan. Now, Gahan, we're going to see there is the calf, and we read about uh, Gahan, and he says, uh, also, we need to point out that Bedellium is the manna, the color of pure white, uh, as an onyx stone, to blanch or to make white. That's in Pison. It's all in the will of God. Then you go to uh, Gahan. The same is that, that river of waters of life in the, and that delight in Eden, the power of the Holy Ghost, and you taste of the powers of the world to come, that good word of God, and that Gahan speaks of the calf, or burnished brass, of the calf's foot, and it says it compassed the whole land of Ethiopia, Cush. And it compasses it. That means that we and the, that calf, there as a cast foot is burnished brass. And it is for you all can see the glory of God. 
It's it shines forth. Your light shines forth. There's your cast feet. That's a living creature there in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, which are the redeemed of the Lord. That's another glory. First of man, that's his will. Then that cast foot is the desire. It's your affections. A man can have the will and want to do the will of God, but then his affections will be divided, a double-minded man. His desire will be half one foot in the world, one foot in God. He wants to serve God, but yet the world is there. Well, to crucify the world and all the lust of the eyes, the pride of, of life and the lust of the flesh. That's your cat. That's your desire, your affections. And you have to set your affections on the things above, not on the things beneath. That's the Gahan. That's the river that flows in you. And it's a choice you make. You set your affections. You know the will of God. But then you have to have the desire to do it above all things and count the cost. That's your Gahan. Well, then from there you go to Hittichel. Now, let's go to that. And it says, <clears throat> and uh, the name of the third river, that's another higher level of glory, uh, that Hittichel, uh, which means rapid, and it means eastward. The RMD, the, the sealing of God, the sealing of God, it is now the level that you've come to as young men. You have overcome the wicked one. The word of God is strong in you. And it's through not your own power, but in the power of his might. And that's your Hittichel. And uh, it goes through and it comes uh, through all through the world, through the sand, all the way to the rock. And it speaks of the lion. You've taken on the same face of Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah and the boldness of it. You are establishing the faith. You will not be bent one way or the other, turning to the right end of the left. You're a tree planted by the water. You're a lion in his strength as the king of the jungle. You're a lion of the tribe of Judah. And that is well, one of the four faces. And it is eastward. That's Hittichel. And the last one is Euphrates. Euphrates is a breaking forth. It's fruitfulness. And of course, bringing forth the fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against such there is no law. That's the eagle. Now that you have the four faces right there, are the four heads. And that is the lion, man, ox, and eagle, which we'll see there in Hittichel. Uh, There's your uh, the, the lion. And then you have your Gihon, uh, Pison, man, and Gihon, uh, the calf, which will, uh, that's burnished brass. All can see it. So there are your four living creatures of Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 with the four heads of the, of the river of Eden. And it parts into four heads. We must be a partaker of all of that flowing rivers of the waters of life in us, in obedience. 
can't just leave out one. Say, well, I have the will of God, but, you know, I don't think we can go into perfection. You have to start the race, but then you have to keep running it. And you'll reap if you faint not. If you don't quit, you'll reap. But very few realize that we have to go on unto perfection. Paul stated, don't you know that all run at a race, but only one winneth the prize. We have to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now we see the same thing in Zechariah. Zechariah talks about the four, uh, four horns sprayed the earth. <clears throat> now he's going to build his house again. He says that in Zechariah. Look at Zechariah 1, 16, thus, Therefore thus saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it. Saith the Lord of horse, and a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. What is that? Well, it's a reed like unto a rod, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God, the altar of them that worship therein. Revelation 11, 1. And that's given to the body of Christ. Well, it's what's happening there. Well, this religious religiosity, Christianity so so called and rightfully so, but Christian means to be like Christ, to be like Jesus, walking in the light as He's in the light. But it's been frayed and tore up by these grievous men, these idolaters that have brought in damnable heresies, these traditional elders that made the Word of God an effect. It's tore up the body of Christ. They made a pray for every wild beast and on every high hill. And God says, you have shared my sheep, but you have not fed them. I'm against you, pastors. You draw close to me with your mouth, your lips, and your heart is far from me. Well, that's the way it's been. Four horns. Take a look at Zechariah, and he states it here. He says, I lifted up mine eyes. And when you see this, and your eyes are lifted up, then behold, there were four horns. Not the four rivers. Not Pius and Gahan, Hedekel, and Euphrates. Not the lion, man, ox, and eagle of Jesus and his four faces of glory revealed in and through us the body of Christ. Four horns. They've crept in unawares. Four ordained to this condemnation ungodly men. Turning the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness. Denying the only Lord God. Bringing damnable heresies. Trinity doctrines. That has taken the whole world. And people believe it's the truth. But God's returning us back to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. He's doing it now. And those four horns have freed the earth. Take a look at it. And he said in Zechariah, God has remembered in his name, and says, Zechariah 1 and verse 18, Then I lifted up my eyes and saw, and behold, look at it, four horns. Those are powers. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, what be these? What are these things? And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem, the whole church. It scattered us. It's not one. It's 23,000 different Protestant denominations on the face of the earth, scattered everywhere. Doctrinal divisions. And somebody said, Well, you know, we shouldn't be divided. What's well, going to be divided until we come into the unity of the faith? And only the Lord Jesus can do that. How's he going to do it? Well, the four horns have scattered it. 
scattered everywhere. Made a prey for everybody. Raven is beast on every high hill. There's the body of Christ scattered, as it is today. And much have more sickness in the church than what we have in the world, unfortunately, because the word of God, there is healing and health to our bones. The word of God in itself is healing. He is the great physician. But when we turn away from it, well, then there's going to be uh, upsetness. There's going to be anxiety, fear, brings forth sickness and diseases and, and whatnot. Well, the great physician, the Lord Jesus Christ, will heal us. He said so. In Hosea 6, and they said, well, I'm fighting a battle now. Seek the Lord. Look at Hosea 6, 1. Thus, can us, let us return unto the Lord. Come and let us return to the Lord God Almighty, the true, only Lord Jesus, the only God, not a trinity, not a binary, not a tunis, not a oneness, but the true Jesus, only blessed and only potentate, Jesus Christ, who only hath immortality. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, is to come, the Almighty God. He is the everlasting Father. Get that revelation. Somebody said, well, it looks like, don't lean to your own understanding. Seek God, and he'll say, come and let us return to the Lord. For he hath torn, Hosea 6, 1. God is torn? Yes. Trying to get our attention. You had a lot of sickness? A lot of disease in the family? Heartache? Trouble? Fighting the, the adversaries down here? Well, you might be surprised to know that it's the Lord trying to get your attention. Now, there is sin, and that's definitely going to be whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. But if you're actually seeking the Lord God and for the truth, and you're not there yet, then we all, as we press toward that mark, the Lord will use a rod and a staff and say, come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, he'll revive us. That's how he's dealt with us for 2,000 years. In the third day, we're in the third day now. He will raise us up, and we will live in his sight. Where are we? Well, if we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. It's coming to us as the morning star. And he will come to us. That's a parousia. Not the rapture. The rapture will happen after the work of God. And he's performed his, performed his whole work upon Zion and the church and upon Israel. And he's performed his whole work. Then the Lord will come. The second advent. But he will come to us now as the rain, the former Book of Acts, second chapter, and the latter, far, far greater, and a profound, radical difference from Pentecost. That's what he's doing now. So great a glory that has never been revealed in through the body of Christ before will happen in the last great reign of his strength. What's he doing? Well, these four horns have scattered the whole church. What's God doing? And the Lord showed me, Zechariah said, God has remembered, showed me four carpenters. What does a carpenter do? He rebuilds. And then said I, 
what come these to do? And the Lord spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But thee, the four carpenters, are come to fray them, to tear their doctrines apart, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. Then there's a measuring line. God's measuring to see who's worthy, who will obey him, not only the call, but the chosen and also the faithful. And then there's a change of raiment in Zechariah 4, which are the two olive trees, the two olive branches, which are the cherubim of glory, which are the four heads of the rivers out of Eden, and that Pison, uh, Gihon's, the head of Kel, and the Euphrates, which are the four carpenters that's going to build it, which are the four faces of Jesus, lion, man, ox, and eagle, and the cherubim, which we are now being prepared to proclaim this everlasting gospel in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost like has never been done before. And it's the last great reign of his strength. Not of us, lest any man should boast. Well, God uh, dealing with you, we'd love to hear from you. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Love to get your letter to hear from you. Also, download our free app, Sealing God's People, for our daily podcast. Also, we have our live streaming, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Saturday. There where you can register online with us at our website and be able to ask questions, give your comments, and fellowship with us on a live streaming, jcic.tv. There again, all you need is your Give your name and a city, and you are registered. There, many of you do not have a zip code in the nations. We realize that all you need is your name, again, and the city where you reside, and you're in. You're registered. Also, we love to hear from you. You can drop me a message on our websites, DennisSpirit.org, SealingGodsPeople.org, SealingGodsPeople.com. God dealing with you. Be sure and contact me. Don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Well, until the next time, the Lord Jesus uh, perfect that which is lacking in all of us. And until the next time, Brother Dennis Smith saying, Behold, the real Jesus.